Thanks for tuning in. We're Ace Comicals. I have with me my co-host Rahul Jani and Leon Everett. I'm Greg Driver. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to Ace Comicals episode 008. Um, this is a special episode covering Free Comic Book Day, which was Saturday 6th of May, which was last week. We spent the day in London, three of us together. We visited a bunch of comic shops in London uh, to see what was going on, and of course we got some free comics. So for those of you that don't know, Free Comic Book Day is something that was started to support comic stores. It's a way to bring in new fans and to get people on board, and also something for the old fans. So basically there's a comic out there for everyone um, once a year, FCBD is the way this is hammered home so there's something for everyone just you know go check it out um there was a plethora of free books and um, some of them serve as entry points into long-standing series our previews of upcoming events that offer jump on points for new new fans and also something for the old fans so a preview of something that's coming later on this summer you know like uh couple of examples of that we've got the tmnt book and there was a uh, a marvel book which is the secret empire one which is like a kind of little prelude to secret empire sort of gives you a little snippet of what might be going on in the event so yeah it's also a family event and there's comics for everyone so kids to adults there's r-rated stuff and then there's stuff that's you know kid friendly as well so it's just there for everyone we enjoyed the day didn't we guys yeah it was a great weekend it was a, it was a really like cool last minute plan thing where you said oh, i'm going to come up to london for for the weekend i was like yeah let's sort it out everyone crashed down my place we oh, all yeah checked out some comic books watched some movies it was a it was a really good weekend so thanks for suggesting that and yeah thanks for letting me organize around it yeah literally just looked at my schedule that week and i was like okay so i'm off saturday and sunday i'm off work why don't I come down to London and chill with you guys for free comic book day? Maybe we'll get a podcast out of it. And here we are. Yeah, um, serendipity. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we um, we sort of tracked across London. We went to a few stores. We went to um, Orbital Comics, which is... Is that in Leicester Square? It is. It's yeah. just around the corner from Leicester Square Station. Uh, Forbidden Planet, which is very close to Orbital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, not far away, is it? And then there's also one we visited called Gosh. Um, yeah, which is in Soho. Yeah, which is in Soho. It's a little bit more out of the way, but it's cool. Um, and we also took in an art exhibition, which was a Lego exhibition. Um, theme was DC superheroes and what it means to be a superhero, what it means to you to be a hero. Well, what 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 heroes mean to you and what it means to be a hero. And it, I thought that was I thought it was really cool. Um, that was one of my favourite parts of the day, actually. <laughs> Better cool. free comics, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the exhibit's called Art of the Brick. Um, and I, I'll get the guy's name by the end of this podcast and I'll put it in the show notes. But he's basically, he's done one before in London a couple of years ago. And that was, wasn't was really themed around anything in particular. It was just him making different artwork and stuff. But this one was specifically DC superhero themed and it was very pertinent to the day we were having. So I thought it would be appropriate. Yeah. Mm. It was really good serendipity, all that coming together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there were plenty of comics available. Um, I don't think we we got most of them between us, but I don't think we managed to get them all because there were so so many. Some of uh, we've picked a couple of our favourites to talk about. So the ones that we enjoyed the most of the ones that were on offer that we actually managed to get hold of. First of all, all of us read the um, there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic, which was an IDW one published uh, for Free Comic Book Day. This was the one I was most excited about obviously being a huge massive turtles fan 
but I am. We all managed to get hold of one of these and we all read it. And I'd be interested to know what Ray and Leon thought about this, actually, because them two having not read Turtles books before, like me, because I've been following this from since, uh, yeah, since day dot, basically. But <laughs> so, <laughs> but like the the other two, uh, you you guys, you've you've never really picked up a Turtles book, have you? Am I wrong? Correct me if not I'm since right. the early 90s. Yeah, exactly. So Yeah, uh, pretty much the same boat. Never really read anything, just the uh, the cartoons. So if for for you guys, I guess it'd be a mixture of what year is this and what what is this? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, basically spot on. Yeah. Like tell tell us what it is. Like where does it stand against all the other Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics because I don't really I, understand where in the storyline this is. So IDW rebooted the Ninja Turtles comics and went back to the start did an origin and everything else. Um, and this is part of their ongoing series that they've been publishing for a few years now. This fits in with what's currently... It's like a it's like a, a short kind of... Slots in nicely with what's currently happening in the books. It gives you kind of a short recap at the beginning of events. If you've, you know, if you've not been reading the books, it kind of tells you what's been happening recently to give you some kind of, some sort of context with what's going on in the pages that follow that and it's a prelude to an upcoming event in august where the turtles go to dimension x for a second time because they've already been to dimension x once uh, in these books but this is the second time they'll visit dimension x i think and um it's the second kind of arc or, or event set in dimension x uh, and this is kind of like a prelude to that, basically. So it's to do with um, the fact that they've defeated Krang and Dr. Honeycutt, or Fugitoid, who is a, for better, want of a better way of describing him, science bot, little science robot. He's a scientist stuck in a robot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, He has to testify against... Um, against Krang it's like like a war crimes thing basically on on the on his home planet and the uh obviously because Krang's influence is, is reaches far and wide wide across dimension x there's still people supporting him and they've sent an assassin after Dr Honeycutt which is what happens in this book and it's kind of like the, it kind of sets up the event as the turtles being bodyguards for Dr Honeycutt as he has to travel the universe to convince other people that they need to testify against Krang as well. So it's going to be kind of like a little jaunt across Dimension X, different planets, etc. Um, so that's that's pretty much what the book is. That's the gist of the book. Um, for me, I thought this was pretty cool, and this has sort of just got me pretty excited for what's going to happen in August. I'm always excited for Turtles. Anything green with ninja weapons is me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I've not got much else to say about that, apart from that I thought it was awesome and... I was pretty bummed out on Free Comic Book Day because I almost didn't get one. Oh yeah, that whole saga. <laughs> you were so annoyed when we left Orbital because because they'd ran out when there by the a, time we there got was there was a huge huge queue outside Orbital Comics, and by the time I got to, up to the counter to pick my comics, they'd ran out of them, and I was just like, oh, I really wanted that one. But in the end, I managed to get one. Ray got one from Forbidden Planet and gave it to me. And yeah, I was so tempted to hide it from you, and then like. <laughs> Like pass it on to you just as you went to bed in the evening, but I, I so should have done that. I should have, I know, but I, I can't be that cruel. I need you to back me up with that, Leon. You know, if you'd have, you know, if you'd have done that, because I was so drunk by that point, I probably would have actually roared my eyes out. 
<laughs> just to point out, he was drunk in the evening, not after having no, left. No, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> that was like <laughs> just how you made it sound. <laughs> that was only just midday, Ray. Gosh, yes, I'm, I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. That would have made Lego interesting. Yeah, it would have. It would. <laughs> you would have been hugging the statues. <laughs> So, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, yeah, Turtles. Right, so I think you've answered one of the questions. I've got a big scribble written down here saying, who is Fuggy-toid? You said it's Fugitoid, yeah. right? Yeah. Part- and that's Dr. Honeycutt? Is yeah. that who that's referring to? Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So Fugitoid that's- is like Fugitive Android. That's where his name comes from. Oh, I see. It's really. I s- guess that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, this comic's cool. Like, it starts off really fun because it's... Like, it's a bit of mystery. It's them stalking through the sewers and being attacked by these, um, like, security system that's been set up. And, like, the artwork's really cool, and it's all very actiony and stuff. And then it suddenly drops into, like, five pages of exposition where it just tells you people's names for ages. And as somebody who hasn't read this for ages or watched any of the cartoons for ages, don't really know any of the names besides the Turtles, Shredder, Splinter, Krang, it was kind of annoying I don't know if you felt that way, Leon. Yeah, I think my um, feelings are quite similar. Like, um, the beginning, um, first couple of pages, is such a nostalgia fest in a good way for me because it's like I haven't watched the cartoons or any of the new cartoons or anything for quite a long time. Um, so I, And I was really big uh, uh, Turtles fan, as we've spoken about in previous episodes. But, um, yeah, I've just be, I've been like out of that world for quite a while and then jumping back in this is the turtles that i um remember and it is really cool um i really like how they each have a unique voice and how they all work together and it, it was just like a flood getting that all back um and then yeah it's like at the beginning it was the, i was thinking okay there's a lot of history going on this is a lot of history and then um then it basically just became like almost like a clip show. It's like, remember that time he did blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I, I can see why they were doing it because obviously it's it, this is a, a preview to set up um, uh, the event that's coming. Um, and they're just seeding in all these people who I assume are going to pop up uh, in the event itself. But yeah. at the time, um, it was very... Um, like before the events that happened later on in the comic, it was very sort of like, oh, well, this is like deafening me with uh, information that means nothing to me. Uh, I, but I guess it's cool that they were able to draw these characters and you get to see like a s- cool sort of snapshot. But I feel like I almost wish that was uh, peppered throughout the whole issue instead of uh, just like a bulk just dropped on you. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it is basically, like I said, it, it's just giving you some kind of context and setting up like it, basically, if you if you just read the book from where you were in the book, if you just read it just the pages as they were without this bit, um, you'd it wouldn't it, it's because it because of the the nature of the book because it's a free comic book day book, I think it's trying to to set it up for new fans and things like that, which is what this is. It's it's like yeah. giving people giving people a little bit of a history lesson because they've been publishing this book for a few years now. So it's giving people a little history lesson and hopefully giving them somewhere to jump on board, which I think is yeah. quite cool. Because quite like. I almost think of it as like a, uh, a sizzle reel, which is uh, what yeah. directors or producers, uh, they edit stuff together to get um, investors uh, or studios interested. But um, it's sort of a cool sort of like, you're going to get some of this and some of this and some of this. And and I can see, I can see 
the intention, and I, I think it, it's cool. It's just um, it's, it can be initially off-putting, but there's a the, yeah. That the, beyond that, there's a lot to like in this. I, I love the the designs of of them. They like I was saying how they all have a unique voice. They all have if their bandanas were all the same color, I'd still and they weren't holding their weapons, I'd still be able to tell who is who just from how mm. they're how they're drawn, which I really really like. Yeah, um, definitely. And I just love little things like them, their speech boxes uh, being coloured the same as their bandana. Yeah, yeah. Um, just lots of little cool touches there. That um, yeah, all in all. That yeah, I love. Production. I love how expressive their faces are, and they don't even need nostrils to do it. Like mm. <laughs> they, they genuinely have a lot of character, and I think it's a shame that this kind of does the book that it's setting up a slight disservice because it put me off slightly. But I think I've got Greg's backup for. Um, I mean, he's quite insistent about how good this story is going to be. And based on just the artwork and the, the world building given in this comic, not necessarily the storyline, I'm quite excited to check out uh, Prelude to Dimension X, I think, which comes out, when is that? Um, August? Uh, August, according to this comic. Okay. So, I mean, it, I mean, if you if you enjoyed that as well, I'd, I'd encourage you to go back and probably read some of the other stuff as well. Um, because it's which all... which this does advertise right yeah, is there yeah, yeah. which ones at the back of this would you recommend going going back and checking out um, I'd say go back and um, read from the first collected trade because they are nicely numbered and they are nicely collected okay um, so I'd go back to the first trade and read that the ones advertised at the back of this are um because yeah, it says like, TMNT Adventures, yeah. TMNT Color Classics, The Works. Yeah, TMNT Adventures, um, Color Classics, The Works is kind of like the old Eastman Laird 80s stuff re- remastered type thing and put into a hardback. For yeah, that looks really cool because it, it looks yeah. like it's in a pizza box. Yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah, I actually yeah. saw this on sale in Orbital. I picked oh, it yeah. out, yeah, to show you. Um, <laughs> was I not paying attention? I don't know. Sorry. I showed I showed I showed it to Sophie because Sophie was stood next to me as well. I was like, Look, right. This one's so cool. It looks like a pizza box. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, it's a cool book. Maybe a little bit of an assault on the senses at the beginning with the, the all the uh, setup. But I, you know, all in all, it's a cool book and it gets us very hyped for what's going on in August. Second one that we all read um, because we're all big fans of Image Comics, right? Oh yeah. Definitely. So so all of us picked up the um the I Hate Image book, which was the Image Comics offering. Or one of the two Image Comics offerings. I think we got Kid Savage as well, didn't we? Was that Image? Yeah, I think so, but I yeah. didn't actually get around to reading that. Although I did a flick through that and it looks really interesting. Yeah. So, I didn't yeah. get a copy of that. This is no? this was the Oh sorry. <laughs> well, I'll have to lend that to you. This was the uh the one that we all were wanting though from because we'd seen what was coming before anyway and I think the I Hate Image one was one of the ones we'd all picked out because of the Scotty Young factor I think hmm. the, uh, the the cool slapstick violence artwork so I'm going to I'm going to describe this the way it reads basically it's um, the character from I Hate Fairyland I think is it I Hate Fairyland yeah yeah. Uh, yeah I Hate Fairyland and uh, she's travelling through the land of Image Comics looking for the partners um and it's really kind of fourth wally, fourth wally breaky because she goes through the different you know parts of you know, everything to do with image. It starts off in Bitch Planet, I think, does it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, the first starts couple off, of pages. Starts off with Bitch Planet, goes through Saga. Um, yeah, she's basically traversing her way yeah. through all the different image properties. Like, yeah. I've got a big exclamation mark saying Saga reference, Walking Dead reference, King City reference, Paper Girls reference, and. 
yeah, she's going around just slaughtering yeah. everyone she comes across. Literally, yeah, li- like any any you know going through. It's it's a really cool way actually for them to advertise everything that Image Comics is about. It's like if you've ever seen these characters before, did you know that they all belong to Image Comics? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know she she buddies up with Spawn, and there's this really nice page where they rip off a Batman pose. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, she's basically just hacking and slashing her way across Image Land until she gets to the creators, and then she also kills those two. Which is uh, basically like a beat by beat ripoff of Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. I think I don't know if you've read that, but it's literally the same concept. It's got yeah, it's 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 it reads like a Deadpool comic, is what I was going to say. Yeah. In the way that it breaks the fourth wall, and the way that it incorporates so much of. Oh, the, I mean, the thing is, these aren't a unified universe. Image, it's not a unified universe like Marvel is. So I guess this is kind of more difficult to do and kind of took a little bit more imagination. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's that kind of that kind of thing. And there's this really cool sequence in a nightclub where they've got like all the '90s image stuff, like all under one roof. <laughs> well, it's the, it's the Wicked and Divine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But they've and, got... and they're playing DDR in front of a big screen. <laughs> but it's it's a is it a Prince lookalike and a. Who is it the same playing as DDR? Someone who looks like Prince and someone who looks like... Um, David Bowie and David Prince. David Bowie, yeah. that's it, yeah. And, playing uh, Boogie Woogie Revolution yeah. for days on end. Yeah, yeah. Which, which isn't DDR <laughs> at all, honest. And you, you, got, like, you can pick out like, the characters like Savage Dragon and Witchblade and stuff like that and the nightclub and, it's just ba- and then she just basically stands up and shouts the 90s sucked down the microphone and <laughs> all the music stops and then there's blood and gore and a nice double-page spread of... Everyone getting shot up and whatever. I, I really, I really like this. This is this is probably the most fun book that I picked up. I think. Yeah, that splash say. page is really cool. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's really colourful. Um, yeah. Like there's like the passage of time where you can see her in different poses throughout this one static screen. It's, yeah, it's very clever. I really like this. The, the whole thing is that she she hates fairyland and she's stuck in fairyland and she wants to find a way out of fairyland which is why she's going to find the creators because she's had enough so she's decided she's going to bust the fourth wall and find them and get them to take her out of fairyland but by the end of the comic she's so angry that she just kills all of them <laughs> and i love every second of it and there's a really mm-hmm. nice sketch at the back as well yeah with her standing on a pile of corpses yeah that's awesome yeah. <laughs> and some nice little like sketches at the back that are pretty great. I like the one where she's riding a slug yeah. and she's shouting, "Let's go, hug a fluffer." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> makes me makes me want to read. I hate Fairyland. It really does. Like I, yeah. I'd never heard of it, and apparently it's been going on for is it quite a long time or is it a relatively new one? I'm not. I think it's been it's been going on for a while. I, don't I mean, exactly, I'm not I don't, that. F- I don't know exactly mm. how long, but it's been going on for a while. Only because. In the advert at the end, it says she's been trapped in for far too long. I don't know if I'm reading too much into that, but yeah, <laughs> maybe somewhere. So Why does it say that, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know enough about I hate Fairyland to know these things, but I I know yeah, that it's, it's great and I enjoy it. So and I like Scott Young. He did the other like what is it? He does a Marvel series where they're all quite cutesy, but it's also extremely violent, just like this. Um. I'll have to get the name for you and put it in the put in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. So uh, those are the ones that we all read together, hmm. but uh, we we'd chosen some some different ones as well that we'd all read separately. So start with what Leon read on his own. 
because we we cho- we picked we picked some that we said we weren't going to cross over, so we'd all have something different to talk about as well. So it was all gushing about the same books. Yeah, the the um, it, it, <clears throat> we end up in a situation where um, for some there because of the way the comic book day works out, you can't pick. You can't just say I want one of everything. So there were certain decisions I made here and there about ones to pick that were different from the others. Thinking, yeah, I'll be able to uh, if that's really good. I'll hear from them and read that. I like how this looks. It looks really interesting. Um, so like one of the ones I picked, and I picked I picked up a bunch of comics. One of the ones I picked that I was um, I asked uh, Rahul for because I wasn't able to get into Orbital, so I asked these guys um, to put, uh, bring me out some uh, some comics. One of the ones that I definitely put down the list and got a copy of was the uh, Archie Comics Betty and Veronica number one, um, and immediately um, it's really interesting to read because the thing with like modern Archie comics and now there's the Riverdale show is and there's a Riverdale comic which is in the universe of the show is that I was wondering how the normal Archie comic world works uh, modernized and here they they they're really um sort of smart in how they do it i think because uh riverdale still feels like this town um i don't know midwest or whatever but like still feels kind of americana and away from like the big like big cities but uh, it still feels quite modern and just the way different characters speak doesn't feel like forced teenage speak. Um, so I quite like that. But yeah, with this particular book, it, it's focused on the two main women from uh, Archie Comics, Betty and Veronica. And um, it's narrated by Jughead's dog for some reason. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I don't, I'm not sure why, but uh, he, he's very... Uh, very wordy verbose um <laughs> like it's really i know it's just it's funny to like read some of the other comics like turtles and i hate image where everything's like uh actiony and like over the top to like just chilling with a bunch of teenagers and a lot of these pages are classic archie where it's just archie and jughead riffing uh it starts with them talking about uh classic silly matchups which is something that i do all the time with my friends and they mention like Santa versus the Easter Bunny and Ronald McDonald versus the Burger King, and then it moves on to their friends. And they like ask uh, the last one. They say is like, okay, who would win out of Betty versus Veronica? And Jughead seems instantly thinks Veronica would win, and uh, Archie thinks, no, you don't know. Like Betty's tougher than you think, and they sort of play on that for the rest of the the comic because. It's a sort of classic scenario where uh, Pops is being shut down again and um, they decide that they're going to band together and do a fundraiser to um, to like save save his, his diner. But then there's like sort of weird twists and turns and like suddenly like Veronica's like ends up kind of like evilish. It's really weird because like time freezes at a point uh Betty's oddly violent, but like in funny, jokey ways. Uh, it, it is such a weird sort of uh, toe dip into how sort of modern Archie comics works. But it's very interesting, and I really like the artwork. It's very, um, 
how to explain it's it's it's, it's different from say it's quite na- naturalistic so the characters have this sort of like normal look there's no sort um no exaggerations it's, um, uh, but... it's, it's like realism yeah, yeah, but there's no exaggerations. But everyone's really defined, and like hair colors and eye colors are, uh, are, are like rendered and uh, colored in, in really um, uh, ways that sort of pop out to you and uh, give everybody character. But yeah, this one is because you have the the dog narrating uh, or narrating. Sorry, is. Um, he's able to break the fourth wall and like pause time. Like they're just a random page where um, uh, it's almost like, it almost feels like, okay, we're two pages short. Let's come up with some cool, silly joke to put there or by design, but whatever the case, they have this two page spread where it ends up with Betty and Veronica in, in uh, swimwear reading the comic that you're reading in third person. <laughs> uh, it's really mind-bending. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's really meta and mind-bending, but I know it doesn't feel forced in any way. So, so what, what is the dynamic with Betty and Veronica? Because when I look at the cover of this book, it, it's like, do they hate... Because I don't, I don't... I'm not an Archie person. I don't read Archie comics. Do they hate each other? Well, or... I mean, like, there's almost a... Uh, they're so, always quite like they're frenemies. Yeah, they? yeah, but there's like a polar opposite thing because you have the cover, which is um, them looking at each other angrily and fists up, hands on hips. But then the little circle, which is like the logo of the comic book, they're like friendly, like taking a selfie together. So I think the whole point is that they're going to be toing and throwing a lot because in this book they're like besties and it, it's all it's like the sort of classic standard dynamic of. Um, uh, Veronica being the rich, lazy one, and Betty being sort of the sort of sort of the earth, uh, do-gooder, go-getter, yeah. um, and they have that dynamic. But so yeah. uh, they start off angry, which is a flash forward, but then it flashes back and all friends, and then it ends spoilers with them starting to argue over something. Oh. So I think the dynamic is going to be a big push and pull between their sensibilities. Okay. But um, I, I would recommend it. I think it's a good introduction. If you don't want to delve too deep into the main uh, uh, Archie comics um, and you just want to like sort of spend some time focused on uh, two of the more interesting characters in the world, I would recommend it. And I'm tempted and probably will uh, continue on and see where it goes. Quick yes or no question to that. Like the old Archie comics, do their, do Betty and Veronica's lives revolve around Archie a lot? based on this comic in this one issue even though uh, archie and jughead are super present um not really at the moment actually i mean they're all friends all the four of them hang out um but they're not fighting over archie or anything like that it feels oh, like it has uh, <laughs> nothing to uh, like almost do with him like he's just yeah. out, of, out of the picture in a way he's, he's in there but he's like such a side character no, that's the answer I was hoping for. So yeah. I'm sold based on that. But I, I should note as well that art's done by um, yeah. art and the writing's done by Adam Hughes and does does a good job, I think. Awesome. Um, what was the other one on your list, Leon? And then the Ladies, other one. This yeah. this is why I, there's um, what was the, there's a comic that I didn't pick up because I wanted uh, one of the ones you guys have got. 
And uh, it was because I went, I saw this cover and I thought, oh, I'll read Rahul's co- uh, copy or whatever it was that I didn't pick up. And this is uh, Joe Benitez's uh, Lady Mechanica. So th- this comic seems, uh, this co- uh, free comic book day comic seems different from the rest because instead of setting up one, it gives you beginning snippets of the first three volumes. So I don't think it's an ongoing story. I think each volume is a contained story. I see. Because it, it, yeah, it gives you like the beginning of volume one, beginning of volume two, and beginning of volume three. Uh, in short, uh, it's set at the uh, the end of the 19th century, I think they're in the UK. Uh, and you've got this sort of, uh, this woman who seems to be part demon or something, and she's like uh, a hunter, and it's like her job to take them out and look after people, but then people get panicky and they pick up their guns. So her job is to sort of keep, uh, stalk through the night and keep these things at bay, sort of like your, your Buffy type thing. Uh, she has amnesia, doesn't know her past. She's dressed up like a, a cosplayer's uh, like nightmare and dream at the same <laughs> time. Uh, but yeah, it's a weird story. Like it's a, it's a lot of, lot of gray, a lot of, um, not brown. It's like, it's not super colorful because it's a, these a lot of the uh well at least the first volume one is set all at night and in caves and in shadows but it, it is a very uh, interesting world and like because of the time it's set sort of victorian era but it's weirdly like sci-fi uh so like they've it, it's set in like this weird alternate world where they're they got like sort of weird futuristic cities bit in the past and it's a bit of steampunky but um yeah everyone has goggles but yeah, it's, it's really weird. Um, not fully sure to recommend, but because they give you these sort of, um, I, I really like the art and how the eyes are drawn and how uh, sort of sketchy and pencily it can be at times and how well it's done. But yeah, I, I, I'm tempted to continue with this and see see where it goes, at least try out the, the whole of the first trade. Though the, the beginning of the uh, third trade uh, grabbed me more than the first two. Yeah, um, that does actually sound interesting. I think I might. That might be one of the ones I have. I can't remember. Yeah, I didn't which, I've got. I've got a pile of them, and I can't remember which ones I ended up with anymore. Because um, <laughs> I've not read all of them yet. I've still. I've got this like epic backlog because I've got this huge amount of comics that I've not managed to get around to reading yet, and that's in there. I think. Um, so be, that'll be definitely one to try out, and if I enjoy it, yeah, I'll be picking up the trades as well. I, I, I think. I think you. It would be worth you taking a look. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, Ray, which one hmm. did you pick from your part? I picked two at random from the stack because there was way too many that we grabbed and there's not enough time to read them all. Um, so aside from TMNT and Image, um, I picked up Hostage and Bad Machinery um, just because I like the look of the covers and they seem quite opposite to each other. So I'll start with Bad Machinery. And it's kind of... Have you ever seen the webcomic um, Hark of Vagrant? Like, it's got... The very similar art style to that is very mm. simple and like flat and it looks like it could come out of a webcomic and basically the front cover has the the lead cast sat around in a either a library or a comic book shop and all of the comics are either real or fictional references to like real life comic books or whatever so there's they're sitting around reading like hellboy and scott pilgrim and a bunch of others and that's what caught my eye. And it kind of reminds me of how Scott Pilgrim is um, just growing up as a 20-something um, with a bunch of video game references. 
this is what it's like to be a British secondary school student um, in the same vein, but instead of video game references, it's all just GCSE school references. So they're always talking about like um, studying geography and what it's like to grow up in a British secondary school. And it's super English. So anyone who either has an obsession with England or just, you know, grew up in England the way we did will feel something for this. I think it's, um, it's really interesting. It's about a bunch of kids who go around solving mysteries and this first one or this one that we've got from free comic book day is basically an excerpt from one of the volumes which is the case of the forked road so it seems like there's a a kid who's running around the school who kind of seems a bit anachronistic he's wearing like an old styly hat and he doesn't actually he's not registered to any of the classes and the main cast of uh, kids is just figuring out what his deal is and that's basically it like it doesn't really go that far into anywhere besides just giving you a taste of what these characters are like and they kind of all talk a bit unnaturally so it's the opposite of what leon was saying about Bit and veronica they sound really odd for school kids but it's funny in that unrealistic unnatural way um and yeah i'd recommend that it's uh it's quite cute and it seems very inoffensive and it seems it's, it's very funny and i like the art style so i'd yeah i'd give that a go um That'd be the Dark Horse offering, wouldn't it? Because no, it's, I think it's uh, Only Press. Only Press, and not Dark Horse, because you mentioned uh, Hellboy uh, and. Um... Oh no, it's just making reference to a bunch of other ones. Oh, so there's like, right, yeah. what else is there? It shows Death Note on the front, Superman, a bunch of other things, and that's it's about kids reading comics on the front of a comic. That made, oh, that's what made me pick it up. I, see. Um, I quite liked it as it serves its purpose in making me want to read the next one because it kind of because it's an excerpt and it's not like the like for example the tmnt prelude thing it's not setting up something it's taken out of something that exists it ends on a cliffhanger really irritatingly because now i want to buy it so i can find out what's actually happening next i think that's a running theme in these books yeah (laughs) they're gonna do that because they 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 want to get you hooked in so that you obviously the point of these is to for people to push the fact that hey look we make a comic about this and it, it the whole point of free comic book day is there's something for everyone and this is like a sampler like a free sam- a sampler of something for everyone, so you will mm. find something you like somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah. I I like that one. It's uh, it's quite fun and a little bit childish, but I I like that. And the next one that I picked up, Hostage, is the polar opposite. It's basically a autobiographical, or not autobiographical. It's a biographical account of. Um, let's have a look. It's, it's, it describes it here. It's about. The story of Christoph Andre, who was a hostage in Chechnya, and he, it's basically the story of him being handcuffed to a radiator and his thoughts throughout this this process of him having been a hostage for a month. Um, we barely see his captors. We just see the process of him going about his, not even life, he's, he's trapped in this one corner of this empty room, and we're just stuck in that room with his thoughts. Um it's got a really somber art style. It's all just gray and blue and kind of monochrome. It's very serious and dark and like really sparse. And even like it's it's interesting because even the paper it's printed on is really rough and like newspapery compared to the shiny laminated uh, glossy paper from the other comics. And um, it just see it's basically the excerpt we've got from this is just one long painful night that he has to endure when he's trying to figure out a way to escape from his handcuffs and accidentally makes them tighter 
and is cutting off the blood supply to his wrist and like you really get a feel for how trapped he is um oh man yeah it's it's super maybe i should have talked about this first <laughs> well th- that's the comic uh now you talk about it. that's the one that i said i'll read rahul's version and get lady mechanica yeah i think you'll really like it i mean it's it's super empty like really sparse it's basically a series of pictures of his head looking thoughtfully into the ceiling yeah as you have like um his wishful thinking of how he would escape yeah. if his handcuffs if, if his handcuffs suddenly became free and it's it's kind of heartbreaking and i kind of want to buy it just so i know that he ends up all right even though it <laughs> says like, like <laughs> it's just really dark and it's it's exactly the kind of thing that i really like it feels like literature as opposed to quote-unquote throwaway comic books you know and um kind of it kind of reminds me of persepolis that way in that same in yeah. that same vein kind of kind of like uh like mouse and uh, mouse and persepolis and that yeah, kind of yeah. biographical autobiographical and that, that other one that you mentioned on the previous show the zero, zero kakari kalkari one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. which uh yeah i think i'll i'll talk about that some more at a later date but yeah it reminds me of that a little bit as well maybe a little a, a little more somber because it it's not very it's not a funny book yeah. in any way or yeah. form this one um and it turns out there's actually two different things being shown in this comic so there's hostage by guy delizel i'm probably butchering that name um and then on the other side it's a, a story called poppies of iraq by bridget findackley again i apologize if i if <laughs> how i've mispronounced that name um but it's very similar maybe not in presentation um but in sorry, maybe not in terms of the art style, but in the presentation. So mm. it's quite a cutesy looking cartoon. Yeah, kind of reminds me a little bit of Charlie Brown. But the very first panel is um, people having been lined up against a wall and shot. Oh, and it's basically an account of her living and growing up in Iraq during the 1950s and 60s, um, and just an account of what she went through or what this this person went through i think it's autobiographical and it's always certainly based on true events that's a double bill of like brutality yeah and i can't imagine if, if a kid picked this up by i mean who am i to say to like shelter kids from this kind of stuff because i was yeah. reading things like this no when yeah I was, it's you know, a, quite yeah. young but um it basically one of the one of the quotes at the back of this comic says it's about a society gradually losing its freedoms and that's essentially what we're seeing in this excerpt is just the slow trickle of freedoms that are being taken away from the people living here. And uh, yeah, it's pretty harrowing. If you want to be bummed out for a couple of hours, read this. <laughs> <laughs> read these two books. Stiff drink books. The, yeah, definitely yeah. stiff drink books. But I think they, they carry some weight. Like, I genuinely want to check these out. And no, it's, it's, like... it's good sometimes to read these sobering stories and, and mm. learn these things and to know... <laughs> It it, it 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 makes you aware and it draws your attention to to what's actually happening in the world around you and it's you know and not just that it makes it accessible in a way yeah. that like reading a dry account of exactly what happened in the past through say Wikipedia or through news articles or whatever can be quite very, very clinical clinical but also like it's hard to connect with whereas I yeah. think depending on your disposition you might find this easier to one, pick up on and understand and then find your own way to Indeed. the broader facts of things. Um, and it turns out, I think, basically the publication company, which is called, <laughs> you're going to love this, Drawn and Quarterly. Yeah. I think they basically, all they do is this kind of stuff. Like, mm. yeah. Um, 
artsy or autobiographical or just <laughs> generally harrowing graphic, graphic novels. Graphic novels as opposed to the standard funny books that were all... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, but I'd, I think, Leon, I think you'd get a... Yeah. I was going to say get a kick. I think you'd really appreciate these. Yeah, so, sounds, you, won't, you, won't get a, you won't get a kick out of it. No. Um, <laughs> so, I hope not. <laughs> so um, there's the two that I chose from the stack. So the first of my two is 2000 AD. Now... I'm sure most of you probably have heard 2000, heard of 2000 AD, or if you've not heard of 2000 AD, you've heard of Judge Dredd, which is probably the most famous character from 2000 AD. Um, he's a judge in a kind of like, I want to call it post-apocalyptic, but it's not. Kind of is, it's dystopian Yeah, kind of is, it's well. dystopian, it's, it's like this, uh, a future, and he, it's like this hyper-violent, hyper um, sci-fi future where judges are the police force and they are judge, jury and executioner they basically they can you know they can dispense a sentence on the spot which is either going to be was either prison or execution on the spot basically um, is the gist of it and um, other than I mean 2000 AD is it's not just Judge Red. it's like a um it's a, it's like a, a collection of different stories that are all published together in one book. So I don't know uh, if the best way to describe it, you know, like a, a Shonen Jump type thing, that kind mm. of deal. Because you get in one book, you get you get several different stories. So you'll get a Judge Dredd story, then you'll get a story from other characters that are published within 2000 AD. And um, this has now been going for 40 years. So 2000 AD is 40 this year. That is insane, and it's British comic as well, um, mm. which is kind of cool. And it's it's the reason it's I think it's so important is because it's it's where people like Alan Moore and Brian Boland, um, it, it's it's kind of where they cut their teeth. Mm. So it it gave them sort of a way into the comics industry. Uh, also, Neil Gaiman, I think, um, oh. as written and maybe written for two thousand AD. Um, the first thing that grabbed me about this one, this free comic book day one, is when you look at the cover, it's a parody of, you know, the famous, um, the iconic Days of Future Past cover with the wanted poster in the background. Mm, and it's yeah. got like, you know, like arrested dead or whatever across all of the pictures of the various X-Men. Well, <laughs> you've got that, but you've got um, Judge Dredd and Judge Anderson instead of uh, Wolverine. And um, is it Kitty Pride? can't remember correctly now i've not got the cover in front of me yeah yeah wolverine and kitty pride you've got judge dread and judge anderson so and then uh if you've seen the recent dread movie the the most recent one then judge dread and judge anderson are the two most prominent they're, they're the two prominent characters in it the two prominent good guys uh, and in the background it's got like various other characters that appear within 2000 within the pages of 2000 ad a la days of future past style with things across them and i quite like the fact that the uh, little picture of judge death the little mug shot of judge death says deceased mm. across it i quite like that i can't <laughs> believe i didn't pick up on that reference this co- this cover's been staring me in the face on saturday <laughs> <laughs> this is really cool i'm looking at it now yeah you get it now right yeah yeah yes yeah, no but like um so this is basically it's like a it's a free 2000 ad it's not anything um it's a little short self-contained stories these these are actually rather than ongoing these 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 seem to be self-contained there's one 
that is sort of like the beginning of something that will be con- that will continue to be published um, within 2000 AD. But the others are little self-contained short stories. And there's about, I think there's like four or five in here, which is really cool. I quite like it. Um, and the nice thing about it is because it, it, it's like little short self-contained stories about these characters. And at the... And these are all like 2080 characters. And at the bottom of each page, at the end of the stories, you've got big, like for for the, uh, the the older characters. One of them's a new story, but which is a story which is Hope, which is um, about a private detective that uses magic, but magic comes at a price. And for every time he uses magic, it eats away at his soul a little bit. Basically, takes something from him. Um, and you know magic has existed for years and the government has known about magic for years and it's all a conspiracy type thing uh which i think sounds pretty cool and i think i'd be tempted to carry on picking up 2000 ad to read that because i haven't got any recent 2000 ad's i've got a lot of old ones now but i haven't got any recent ones um and if you um if you go to the bottom of each page uh at the end of like each of the stories that have got sort of older 2000 ad characters in You've got a little uh, QR code, and if you scan that, you can get more information about these characters. So it it gives you a way in. That's pretty cool. It's a nice mm. little way into 2000 AD, which I think is pretty nice, to be honest. Oh, is that um, what it means by the free digital content included? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And the the, okay, cool. the the artwork in there is is as, as always spectacular. Mm. I I like it. it. I mean, the the, the first Jed Dread story is full color, um, and then you've got. Um, the next one is black and white and it's really really cool black and white artwork and this is like an ABC Warriors style story um, the next one Hope is um, that's that's in black and white uh, and then you've got uh, a colour story at the end which is Judge Anderson and then there's a really 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 nicely done colour story at the back which is Judge Death um and that is like that is this is that is like really nice artwork probably the my favorite artwork in the in the whole comic actually um and that one is dave kendall so the artist for that is dave kendall and these are really 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 nice uh but yeah it's a nice little introduction to 2000 ad um it's something that i quite like it's a little bit of a celebration because 40 years of 2000 ad and all that this year it's been going since 1977 so it's kind of nice um the second one that i picked from my pile was uh, oh by the way if you are interested go and grab yourself a copy of 2000 ad because support it and everything because it's brilliant and it's a good it's a good place it's been it's been a starting place for so many great artists and and writers and things that have given us so much else over the years so it's a good little good little magazine um next one was the bongo comics free-for-all from my pile which is basically a collection of Simpsons stories now this one um I've never I've never really bought any I've never bought Simpsons comics before myself I'm not really I mean I watch the Simpsons on TV but I've never really bought the Simpsons comics or read much of the Simpsons comics but I really enjoyed this because it's it's again a couple of short stories and they're all self-contained stories as well start middle end um so you're not getting any cliffhangers or anything but it's like it's that classic Simpsons humor you can imagine these playing out as Simpsons episodes as well. Mm. Like you can imagine them animated. 
and I, I just thought it was really cool as like some short little Simpson stories. Like the first story, Bart does something stupid on his skateboard, uh, injures his back, and um, has to have a wheelie bag instead of carrying a rucksack to school. And it means he's got to hang out with Martin and the other nerdy kids because they've all got wheelie bags. <laughs> and, and they end up like forming a gang because they've got wheelie bags. They realise there's advantages to it. Like they can get to things faster and they can get to the front of the lunch queue and get all the best food first and things like that, which I <laughs> thought was pretty cool. Um, and they beat the bullies at um, dodgeball because the bullies have all got lower lumbar problems because they, <laughs> they all carry <laughs> their bags on their back. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's and they've, brilliant. they've got wheelie bags, so they're all fit and healthy and able to win. Um, and that's like, the you know, the classic Simpsons bullies like Nelson and those guys. Mm. Um, Jimbo Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a, a there's a cool bit here where the doctor's checking off a list about how Bart injured his back. And it's, it's just like, this is a proper Simpsons joke, this is. It's like Bart Simpson caused a back injury. Uh, and the tick boxes are male showboating, outlandish wager, cry for help, and mimicking McBain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the second story uh, is like a short one with Milhouse playing in a sandbox with his radioactive man action figure. And uh, I don't know if he's reenacting something he's read in a radioactive man comic, but he ends up the the, the short the, sh- the long and the short of the story is he ends up with the um, the action figure stuck in his nose, and you get the impression that it's not the fir- it's not the first time that the uh, the doctor's seen this basically when he gets to the doctor's office uh because he, he's he, the doctor knows the character is like another case of the man eating snot lag you know <laughs> um and uh the, there's a story where um homer comes home late from moe's which is the third one um and he's like oh i hope marge doesn't you know it's 3 a.m but marge Hopefully, you know, she won't chew me out too much, but I'm, I'm sure she'll be proud of me that I oast, aced both the Jefferson Airplane and Jefferson Starship categories at most trivia night. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. And as he gets in, Bart's coming downstairs for a midnight snack and they end up sat at the table and they decide because they've got church the next morning and they don't want to fall asleep in the sermon because Marge had a right garden last time. They're going to stay up all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just it's Bart and Homer staying up all night and they hear a noise that they think is a burglar that turns out to be Santa's little helper chewing on a sprinkler. So they go out there fully kitted out, ready to tackle this burglar. Santa's little helper doesn't recognise them because they're all wearing masks and stuff. And they end up waking up Marge and Lisa. And uh, in the last panel, everyone's asleep. <laughs> See, I've read a bunch of Simpsons comics in the past. And yeah. It always felt like like the cutting room floor stuff from the actual episodes. No, like these... slightly crappier yeah. these, stories these these all, all three of these all of these well more of these there's, there's a last one as well which is ned flandon and his two sons rod and todd wander off and get lost in town <laughs> uh which is quite cool i like that one that already sounds funny yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh comic book guy turns up in that one as well he's on a larp day um <laughs> and he's just obsessed with the snack table basically um, the thing i love with like the uh, sort of simpsons uh comics is how consistent the artwork is. Yeah. But like their mandate for consistency, how the characters look like they look everywhere and in the show, yeah. is remarkable. I'm always yeah, impressed got, with that, always. They've got a couple of decades of like art bibles to follow now, haven't they? So. Exactly, mm. yeah. They've got the, they, there's a, a way to draw Simpsons characters. 
so but i mean yeah i mean i i, I quite enjoyed this and i i mean uh, contrary to what you're saying right i can see all of these as fully realized simpsons episodes <laughs> i definitely can yeah season 20 episodes sure yeah so yeah i mean that was <laughs> that one was great as well so that was my picks from the stack so I guess we should talk a little bit more about the Lego DC exhibition because that was a really cool part and we only touched on it earlier in the show. So if we get into that a little bit more. Yeah, I don't think there's really a good way to explain what was going on. I think we'll have to put a link up to a blog post where we put some of the pictures that we all took. Yeah. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, the, the, the artist who does these, Nathan Sawaya, he's done one in the past. This new one is at South Bank in London. Um, it was like 16 quid per adult to get in. It took us about one hour to look around was mm. that right there was like five yeah. or six different we were in there for for well i think they give you a half hour slot but we were i'm sure we were in there for longer than half an hour yeah yeah definitely it wasn't super busy or anything um and like it was five or six different rooms each with a different theme for a different way of presenting these superheroes using the medium of these lego bricks and each room was like differently creative like the first one was uh, just a, a showcase of all the the heroes, and then it went on to slightly more abstract representations yeah. of them, and, and yeah. specifically a like Batman representations room. drawing on certain colors. There was a room dedicated to Gotham City, a room dedicated mm. to Superman, different facets of Superman, different powers he might have, all represented in Lego. Um, mm. And I've got we've got a load of cool photos, which I'm sure we can put in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just wait. And we'll leave a link yeah. to the website so if you guys want to get tickets. I think it's on until uh, September, October time, so towards the end of this year. So I'd super recommend it. Strongly yeah, recommend I, checking that out. <laughs> I would definitely uh, recommend it as well. The pictures, I'm almost reticent to put up as many as I <laughs> took just because I think like just the effect of actually seeing it there in person and seeing like it is actually individual bricks. It isn't just cut out to yeah. make uh, to look like Lego. It's made of actual pieces. No, I'm not... It's re- remarkable. I'm not and going... it's not even the the surface that you can see. They're actually built the, the sculptures from like the bottom layer upwards. You can tell that it's like a physical, full three D thing, not just a, the facade of a statue, for example. Yeah, they get yeah. really creative with some of them. I'm uh, I'm I'm. I'm going to put some photos up, but I don't think I'm going to put every photo up that I took just because it's something that everyone has to experience. So you should really go and see it. Um, and uh, after that, we headed back to Ray's flat. And sadly, we watched Suicide Squad. <laughs> sadly, you say it's the, only, it's the best way I've... It's, it's the only way I was willing to experience it was with you guys. Like, I, I don't think I could have sat through that film by myself. We couldn't have sat through it sober, I know that much. <laughs> Better think... thought for me, who's seen it twice <laughs> well that, that was your idea so. it was but and it was extended version you forgot to add so it's extra special trash yeah, it's, yeah. it the, really uh, was the uh masochist version yeah. No, yeah well the normal version is the masochist version but yeah no um <laughs> it was yeah it was pants but we were very drunk and we tore it apart and it was brilliant at the same time yeah so. it was really fun fun <laughs> viewing watch, actually. Yeah, it was I, it's the only way to do it i think <laughs> like it, it turned out the, the way i planned i, I had to because i had uh, sat for it uh just I, just as a curio because i needed to see uh seeing it i was like i need to watch this with my mates a little bit lit to fully like delve in we need to shred this bit by bit Maybe maybe could... in, in 10 years' time, it will become one of them things where it's it's got a drinking game attached to it and people will watch <laughs> it purely to savage it. 
<laughs> I think I think you just needed some vindication about your thoughts on it when you watched it alone. Like you're biting your nails, waiting for us to say the exact same things that you yeah. thought. Like because I can hear you just like fist pumping and going, "Yes, exactly, yeah." Leon, well, there are parts near the start where I had to stop myself saying, "Oh my gosh, this bit that's going to happen in ten seconds, you, you're going to roll your eyes so hard." <laughs> I rolled my eyes so hard they nearly fell into my whiskey. Um, <laughs> Leon, Leon's worst nightmare would be me turning around and going, "Actually, I enjoyed that." Yeah, it was, it was fair <laughs> that one of you was going to do that. <laughs> and then we'd be forever struck from his Facebook friends list. His I'd have to leave the podcast. Yeah. Kick out the house. <laughs> Never appear on this podcast again. All credibility would be lost from Ace Comic <laughs> So um, I guess we should wrap up, guys. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, and nobody's got anything left to say? No, I, just, I think it was a fantastic weekend also, and I'm glad that we made it made it happen. Yeah, so, and I would definitely recommend next year, Free Comic Book Day, uh, go with your mates, go with your siblings, bring your kids. Like uh, we, we spotted like Richard Ayade with his uh, family there. Like just go out, preferably go to one of your indie shops as well, not just Forbidden Planet, and go there, check out the free comics, but also buy something as well, support the store. Because yeah. it was a really nice event. People came out, they were cosplaying, people were enjoying themselves, everybody's really getting into it. And it was lovely to see, really. Yeah, we saw a bunch of people who were just browsing throughout, like, just being tourists in London, dropping in because of how much hubbub there was in mm. front of Orbital and Forbidden yeah. Planet. And I think they might have attracted a bunch of new readers who would never have considered it otherwise. So. Exactly. I hope so. I hope so, yeah. yeah. Hope so. Keep keep the comic book shops alive. Go there, like Leon says. Support your local comic book shop. Buy something. Enjoy free comic book day. Um, there is something for everybody. There is always something for everybody. I mean, even if you just walk... It doesn't have to be free comic book day. Go to go to your local comic book store. There's still something for everybody. They yeah, still... well, as we as we've, yeah. as we've established, there's nostalgia stuff in TMNT. There's like kiddie stuff in uh, Bad Machinery. There's super depressing stuff in Hostage. There's something for everybody. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's always on sale. And you know they're open. You know, I guess most days of the week, depending on where you live and what, what comic book store. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> do it. Check it out. Support your local store. But yeah, okay, so that has been the Ace Comicals Free Comic Book Day special. You can find us at www.acecomicals.com. You can find us on Facebook at Ace Comicals. You can find us on Twitter at Ace Comicals. You can find us on your favourite podcast apps. Uh, Notably, you can find us on Pocket Casts, which is the one that we use, but I'm sure will be on your your chosen podcast app as well, if that is not Pocket Casts. Um, You can find me at Bato on Twitter. That's B-A-T-T-O-U. Uh, you can field me questions there or you can field questions to acecomicals.gmail.com and we will answer them on the show. Um, Leon, where can we find you? You can find me uh, at Leon Everett. Um, I, I put up uh, a few pics of uh, our uh, Saturday there. My, one of my favourite images there is uh, um, us pouring over our comics before we got to trading bits and bobs around. It was it just brought me back to my childhood and it was really, really... Um, fun experience mm. oh i might add that you can also find find uh find me on instagram i started posting uh new comic book day stuff on instagram so every time i go buy comics i post it on instagram so you can take a look at what i've been buying and i put little recommendations on there and things as well and that's under bato as well so if you search bato on instagram you'll find me ray where can we find you oh yeah um on twitter at monkey so that's m-o-o-n-k-e-h and i'll be putting up some pictures from the weekend as well so yeah i mean get in touch subscribe follow us um give us tell us about your experience of free comic book day if you went out on free comic book day you know 
drop us a line, tell us what you did, tell us what you saw, what was going on where you were. Um, yeah, if you field questions to these two guys, you can get them through the Ace Comicals channels as well. If you ask them through the Ace Comicals Twitter or if you want to ask them via the Ace Comicals email address, go right ahead. And ask um, us silly questions. We want yeah, not the questions. We want, we want your silly, ridiculous questions about what we'd do if we had Spider-Man powers and that kind of rubbish. So just go ahead and do it because we'll answer it. Um, so yeah, that's been Ace Comicals. So Ace Comicals over and out. <laughs>